Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And welcome to episode 434 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hello, Adam. Quarantine Book Nerds podcast. (laughs) How's it going? Great, great. Just hanging out at home. Yeah. I've noticed um, here in Northeast Ohio, like how wildly my mood shifts depending on if the sun's out or not. It's just like the littlest thing. And today it's great. We had like, a biblical storm last night yeah yeah we um, did that was alarming easy yeah so i should say since we're all just gonna start talking anyway i forgot to I like, immediately <laughs> i literally just said how we were gonna start and then i immediately forgot we are joined <laughs> today by emma and maria emma has been on a whole bunch of times so hello emma hi thanks for having me back again <laughs> you are doing us a favor and then maria who as we joked about I actually see now more often than <laughs> in the office because we are neighbors. Uh, yep. She's been on one other time, we think, but it's been a while. So, Maria, welcome back. Thanks. Good to be back. Uh, how are you guys doing with all this? I mean, this how goes it? Um, it goes. You know, I was. I agree with your weather comment. I felt like this morning it was just 7.30 always, like, and then I realized it was, like, 10 o'clock, and I was like, wow, why do I feel like I still only woke up an hour ago? <laughs> it's really weird. Um, so definitely when the sunlight comes in, I feel a lot better. Today's been pretty dreary, so, um, yeah, but, yeah, it's been it's been great walking my dog a lot. It's an excuse to get out. Um, she just doesn't like other dogs, so I have to wave from Adam across the street. It's... <laughs> <laughs> well, your dog, Olive, doesn't love other dogs, and my younger, my two, Remy, who wants to get in this room very badly right now, um, he always wants to play with other dogs, but he, as Maria can attest, like, he sounds like he's growling, and he looks he's... so mean when he's doing it, and I feel right. so sad. But yeah, I, I've seen you more now than, like, anyone outside <laughs> of my wife, I have seen you. <laughs> Emma, you have a baby at home. How's that going? Um... I honestly can't complain uh, in comparison to a lot of other people. So I am lucky enough to have my mom here to help um, daily with the baby. So I am able to mostly have a normal, I say that in air quotes, which obviously no one can see, um, work from home setup. Um, But it is obviously a little bit hard being in the same spot because I can hear him. So yeah. I do occasionally sneak upstairs for some baby snuggles. Oh, actually, you got to. Yeah. Like half the fun of being home is I spend like every, like once an hour at least I'm hanging out with the dogs. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I am able to meet my mom at the upstairs coffee pot. So, (laughs) you know. Um, It's like me in the office. mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's obviously an adjustment, but for the most part, it's been okay. Mm-hmm. 
we're out here surviving you're saying um, mm-hmm. um jill you want to tell everyone what we're doing today this is your, your idea Sure. So uh, we have our PBN book challenge for the year where we gave you all um, books you should read. There's a little board you can find on our website and I think it's pinned on all of our social. And today we are going to offer up um, suggestions for the non-traditional formatted book one because we thought that might be one you might need some extra help getting titles. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're doing today. Yeah, that's definitely the one we've gotten, like, emails most frequently about people being like, I don't know what that means, which is fair, because it's, it can be kind of anything, and it can be epistolaries, it can be um, oral histories, it can just be, like, some of the ones I have are just, like, books and rhyme, and all sorts mm-hmm. of different, unique stuff. So we're just going to go around in what we jokingly said was a square, because we're all on Zoom. I feel like if, how, depending on how much longer this goes, we should just like make a Zoom meeting for listeners. Just be like, come on in. Let's just see how this goes. <laughs> we could. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the limit on number of people is on a Zoom oh, meeting. Oh, I don't know. I've mm. seen some like people sharing. But it's, like, I think it's everything. large. Especially the envelope. For, I mean, especially for us. We did corporate-wide stuff. So, yeah, yeah we could probably get a oh, lot of people. That's true. Yeah. So, we'll see. Um Okay, so we'll just go around in a square. Um, Maria, would you like to start? Sure, I can start. Um, I'll start with the one that I am currently reading. So I'm reading The Flame, which is Leonard Cohen's posthumous work. Um, it's a collection of like poetry and his drawings and his notebook. And he, a lot of the poetry, um, it kind of goes from like the 90s until like... Uh, 2016, which was the year that he passed away. Um, and then his son and his like longtime editors kind of put the rest of it together as far as the notebooks goes. It's really cool because the drawings are a lot of like self portraits. Um, and, and they're kind of in like various stages of like disarray and some of them have words on them and it's really cool. Um, but if you are, even if you only know Leonard Cohen from uh, Hallelujah, which you might, and that's okay. Um, If you have any interest in like lyric composition or poetry, um, he won, I can't remember what poetry award, but he won like a pretty prestigious poetry award as well. Um, So there's like a lot to learn here. And there's like some poems that will make you chuckle. And there's some like really deep stuff as well. So it's nice because they, they break it up by sections. So if you're more interested in just the poetry, you can just read that section. Um, as well. So that's really cool. It also has his acceptance speech from the Poetry Award, which is really cool. Um, I also am realizing that like I, compared to people like Leonard Cohen, I'm a very inarticulate person. (laughs) His acceptance speech is like the most eloquent thing like he just says things that are like art and I'm like what so I just was blown away by that as well so that was really cool um and a couple of my favorite poems from that were lamb chops and it doesn't matter so I exactly what you said I was thinking about like if you win a poetry award like I feel like your acceptance speech has to be fantastic right Mm -hmm. right um it's like the that really famous David Foster Wallace uh graduation speech that he gave I think like on water I think it's called it's like the same thing it's like if you're well known for your vocabulary and your like prose you can't go and just like mail in a speech that's right you can't be like hey thanks guys yeah. <laughs> that's sweet. 
Yeah. Uh, um, Emma, would you like to keep us moving? Yeah. So all of my picks are actually like throwback choices. Um, but I think that they are fun books. Uh, so the first one I'm going to bring up is I think one of the oldest ones that I'm going to suggest. Um, and it's the really wonderful Princess Diaries series by Meg Cabot. And this, I believe, came out in like 2000, maybe. So we're really throwing it back here. Um, <laughs> and I think most people are aware of this in some capacity from the film um, with Anne Hathaway or even the really great sequel with Chris Pine. Um, but basically, it's about a teenage girl that lives in New York, which is different from the movie, um, who finds out she's a princess of a fake country called Genovia. Obviously, it's not fake in the book, but fake in life. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm obviously really used to talking to lots of people right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's really funny. It's obviously written in a diary style um, with kind of all of her thoughts as she goes through this crazy, crazy life situation. I did read these books back when I was actually um, a similar age to the main character. And so a lot of the... Um, just like comments and struggles just felt very relevant at the time. And honestly, even as an adult, I still take pleasure in reading these books again occasionally because they're just fun. Um, and there's a lot of them. There are quite a few books in this series. And I know even as recently as a few years ago, she kind of finished the series with um, the adult conclusion um, of kind of where the main character Mia was now as an adult. Um, and so I do think there's appeal there for not only teens, but also adults that like crossover. And then the last book in the series is an adult book. So you can kind of progress um, as the characters age. And I just really like it. And then you can chat to other people about how not, I don't know, I'm just babbling, uh, <laughs> about how not common it is to be a princess at random. Um, <laughs> That's true. You know fair. what? That's, That's true. That's I'm just, just yeah. Staring I also at my like, Zoom, like, meh. I like um, that uh, you said Chris Pine. Like, for some reason, all three of us, like, <laughs> I don't know why. It was just, like, uh, all like, three of us was like, yeah, Chris Pine. This is not relevant <laughs> at all, but I'm fairly positive that that's Chris Pine's first big film. Is I was going to say, I definitely think it might be. Um. So, yes, if you're intrigued to not read... Uh, or to read the series that is not at all related to the second movie, uh, <laughs> check it out. <laughs> um, top rate, uh, Chris. Um, <laughs> sorry. You can edit this, right? <laughs> I can. Probably won't. <laughs> uh, just edit out my silence. <laughs> oh, I could do this. The silence stuff, yeah, I can edit it out. Keep it. That's... That's podcast goodness. Uh, Jill, you want to go next? Sure. I'll also comment that one of your books, Emma, on your list is one that I talked about last week and like totally messed up because I got the genders reversed. So hopefully you will be able to talk about it far more eloquently than I can. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, so far, not doing great, but. Um, okay. So <laughs> my... <laughs> I'm choking. My first one is one that's probably fairly obvious to people who have listened to this podcast. Uh, that's Daisy Jones and the Six by um, Taylor Jenkins Reid. This was my favorite book of 2019. 
and it's an oral history of a fake rock and roll band like Genovia. It's real in the book, but fake in like, real life. <laughs> um, but <laughs> so it's a, so it's, it's Daisy is a girl um, coming of age in LA and she wants to be a singer. It's in the late sixties. And then the band, the six um, is led by Billy Dunn and um, they kind of come together in the music industry and Daisy Jones ends up frontlining the band. Um, but it's told going back and forth um, where it's broken up with interviews with all of the band members and then like really random, like the, like the door guy at one of the um, venues or something. And, but it's told so authentically that I'm still mad that it's not a real band. And even, mm. <laughs> and I, had bought my dad a copy um, because the band, if you can tell, and she talks about it in the author's note at the very end, um, there's some Fleetwood Mac influence and my dad's favorite band is Fleetwood Mac. And so I bought him a copy of the book that he never got around to reading. And then he just, the other day was telling me he started listening to the audiobook, And I'm like, that's okay. You are allowed to listen to the audiobook over the print copy I bought you because the audiobook is so good. And it's like a behind the music. It feels like it's a behind the music <laughs> because you have these well-known actors um, reading these lines that make it feel like they're actually being interviewed. But he, he had to ask me, he's like, it's not a real band, is it? No, no, it's not. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems like it. And I'm still mad that it's not real. So um, <clears throat> speaking of parents and audiobooks, my mom, who was a teacher for 40 years, she has she taught third and fourth grade like she loves harry potter as much as all the rest of us and we were talking the other day and she somehow brought up that she had never listened to the audiobooks and her question to me was are the audiobooks any good and then i almost threw my phone i was like yes they're fantastic <laughs> i was like have you not listened to even one episode of our podcast mom which i think <laughs> I can't. So, um but yeah she so she is now listening much like your father She's listening to the Harry Potter audiobooks for the first time, so. Nice. Yeah, right there with you. Um, all right, my first one is Wink Poppy Midnight by April Genevieve Tuholke, who was on the podcast, like, two years ago at this point. Um, this is, I kind of cheated. It's not, like, a super different format. It's multiple uh, points of view, but the thing that makes this really, really unique is, like, right up front, you meet all of the characters, and you're told exactly who they are in the book. It's like, this is the hero this is the villain, this person has a secret, this person is a sidekick, like, so you know exactly where they're coming from, and so then mm -hmm. she creates, it's a dark fairy tale, and she creates the mystery, like, in just super unique ways about how she's going to go about it, so um, she writes really, really dark, and she likes to play with fantasy, she wrote um, her most recent book, uh, I think Boneless Mercies, I think it was called, uh, but it's like a reimagination, retelling and reimagining of Beowulf. And just, so it's really cool how she comes up, comes at stories and just seeing, like you would wonder when a mystery is taking place in a book and you're like, okay, who did this mm -hmm. particular thing? And then like right up front, she's like, this is the bad person. And then you're like, are they really? And like, no, no, they are. Like exactly who they say, who she says they're going to be, they end up being. Huh. And it's just really, really unique how she's able to then play with it. And you get each chapter is Wink, Poppy, and Midnight are the three main characters. And you get um, their perspectives for chapter by chapter. And their perspectives mm -hmm. are so wildly different that it's like very jarring 
and it keeps you from getting like super comfortable and just like skimming through pages. Like you want to read every single word, which is really, really cool. So that's my first one. Um, Maria, we'll just keep going around. Okay. Um, I'm going to mention one that I believe uh, Emma might have some feedback on as well, but uh, Sadie, um, which is a YA novel. Did it come out last year in 2018? Mm -hmm. 2018. I want to say 2018. Uh, apologies. Um, but uh, I like this book. It's It doesn't have the craziest different format either. It reminds me a little bit of like Daisy Jones and the Six. There's a podcast within the plot of the book. So there's like a, there's a missing girl and she's missing because her, her um, younger sister who she'd really cared for uh, ends up, they find her dead in a field. And so, like, there's the the original story, like, I guess, quote, unquote, I'm using air quotes now, too, that you can't <laughs> see. Um, normal story is Sadie, the main character, trying to figure out what happened to her sister. But then this um, radio host or personality or whatever catches wind of this story, and he goes into the small town to investigate and then makes a podcast called The Girls, on it. Um, I listened to this on audiobook. It was phenomenal. Um, there's like intro music for the podcast in there. It's very, very cool. Uh, it's also a very intense book, like very emotionally intense, very action, um, suspenseful, intense. Um, definitely mature YA, I would say, but very good. One of my favorite books that I read last year for sure. It was so good. And yeah. I know Maria and several of our um, coworkers listened to the audiobook that was really well done. I actually read, um, I think I read the ebook or a print copy of this or something. And it was, uh, it was just as good, you know, written as well. But I definitely think um, for this, the audio would be even more interesting because it sort of goes between the story and then the, the kind of podcast setup. Um, it was so good. I've actually been looking for a YA book as kind of compelling as this to get back into reading. <laughs> it's hard right now. It, mm -hmm. I, it's, yeah, I, it's weird because I'm home all the time now, but my wife and I are like seeing each other all the time. So it's like we, with the times where we would both like quietly be reading for some reason, we're like, let's just watch a show instead. So despite having more free time now, I'm actually reading less. And it's like, I don't even think it's the stress anymore of life. I think it's just the, like, why would I open up a new book when I could either read this old book while watching Shit's Creek again? So it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I, I don't think I mentioned, but that the author's Courtney Summers. I realized, I think I just said Sadie. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll, as always, I'll tell, I forgot to say this at the beginning, but all the books will be in our show notes. Oh, right, right. So they'll, they'll be okay, but yeah, I forgot to say that, so. Um, Emma, what's your next one? So I actually think that's interesting that you said, like, just rereading kind of old favorites, and that's definitely what I've done with these selections, is, like, I just kind of want, like, comforting books that I know are good and, like, I don't know, just, like, happy and, like, make you feel good, so um, one of the other books I've selected is Where'd You Go, Bernadette by Maria Semple. Um, this book came out, I think it was like 2012, maybe. Um, and they made it into a movie last year. Um, but basically this book follows Bernadette Fox, who's a mom in Seattle. 
She lives with her daughter B and her husband. Um, and basically she has a meltdown at like a school event and just disappears. And so the story kind of follows um, her daughter B putting together emails and school memos and just like a really random assortment of documents kind of interspersed with um, the story that I just felt like was a really interesting to read. And then also just, it's really compelling to kind of put together the pieces of where you know, this girl's mom has disappeared to along with, you know, her daughter. And so I really, really enjoyed this book. Um, I think this was actually one of the first books I read um, around the time I started at Overdrive. So I kind of tie reading this book to the beginning of this job. So I don't know. It's just like fond memories. Oh, um, nice. And yeah, it's just really well done. And I just think it's so interesting that it's kind of like, I imagine it, you know, like in movies and television where you see like a giant board with like all the pieces of paper and like strings, you know, attaching everything together. This book kind of feels like that, but obviously not in a completely manic way um, or crazy, like disparate way. It is um, obviously pulling together a lot of different things, but I think it flows really nicely and you kind of piece together the story um, in a fun way. Nice. Like also, are, are all of your recommendations also movies? Or two for oh, two? Oh yeah. Oh uh, no, the third one is not. <laughs> a way to go. <laughs> so well, Good I mean, here, you Emma. can read it and then stream it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Actually, <you're> <laughs> um, our local library, Cuyahoga County Library, is doing that on their Instagram stories. They're doing like a read it then stream it. And, like oh nice. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty cute. Um, Jill, what's your next one? My next one is Choose Your Own Autobiography by Neil Patrick Harris. I feel like this is, I think this is the only nonfiction book anyone has, um, which makes sense. Not many nonfiction books are going to be told in a non-traditional way, but um, like the title suggests, you can sort of choose the way you read this book. Um, it's set up uh, like a Choose Your Own Adventure book um, from, you know, like the 80s that I'm sure we all loved when we were young. And you could, if you wanted to, you know, read Neil Patrick Harris's autobiography in order, but why would you want to do that when you can jump around? <laughs> that's, that's boring. Um, so I think it's just such a unique way to kind of, you know, like read a section. And then he's like, if you want to read about like my childhood thing here, go to this page. And then if you want to read about this and um, it's just so clever and they're like, if anyone can pull it off, I think it's Neil Patrick Harris. It's probably the only person who could pull off writing an autobiography like that. Yeah. Um, he also did a, he's doing a children's book series, Magical Misfits, I think it's called. Yeah. yeah. Also really, I read the first one. Those are also really cute too. He's just, he's just one of those people where it's like, I'm glad I'm alive at the same time. As yes. Harris. Yep. Ah, that's a good one. That audio, that, uh, that autobiography is awesome. Um, my next one is called White is for Witching by Helen Oyeyemi. Uh, she, her most recent book is, is Gingerbread. And that one, it's like she examines, like she basically tells a story about gingerbread and like looking at why it's in so many fairy tales and stuff. A lot of the stuff I have is fairy tale related, which isn't surprising. But um, White is for Witching is 
tells the story of these four generations of women who live in the same like huge mansion-y type of a house and um there's like each of the women suffer from this certain disorder where they like to eat non-edible objects and there's like mystery and secrets and um the story unfolds with three narrators and the house is one of them which is super unique and what's really cool and what sets it apart from a lot of books because there's been other stories where a uh you know inanimate object might be somehow connected to the story but this one is you're never sure who the narrator is like you don't know if it's a person or if it's the house and it's like it's just modern gothic story and it uh anything gothic i'm on board for um i think jill and i have talked about movie crimson peak like 50 times at this point um we talked which, about it the last time i was on the podcast you definitely talk about it a lot <laughs> listen we've done 430 of these things there's always so many words i can think to say so um i think it came up last week too did it really i think it came up last week probably because i watched it last week i think that's yeah I watch it most weeks um, <laughs> I mean, i'm go. i'm losing my mind here i'm guys. here for that though because charlie hunnam yeah yeah um, only so many things you could well, we watched batman and robin this weekend i don't know this um but yeah white is for witching is super cool it's really like having the house be you know what people always say like if these walls could talk well in this story these walls can talk so white is for witching helen helen Oyemi is she's just an in, a, incredible writer so also way younger than i thought like after i read her first book i was like this person is wise beyond her years Quite literally, she's in her like late twenties. Like, how dare you? How dare you? Do that? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that. what? I yeah. read Boy Snowbird and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it, man. It's just I didn't one of those things. That. Like, like I said, we when you find out how old someone is and how like incredible they are as a writer, I'm like, where did you get this life experience? How how are you this awesome? Right. Uh, all right, let's keep going, Maria. Okay. Um, okay. So I picked this next one and this is going to, okay. I'm going to preface this with saying, I, I know nothing about video games, but um, my fiance is home as well. And he's been playing video games and he was playing one. That's like, I don't know. I don't know if it's like an RPG or if it's like an adventure game. It's kind of like an adventure story game. These are my terms that I'm using. Um, this one specifically is called uncharted. But when I was like, trying to look at which books I wanted to recommend. I saw this one. It's the, um, it's the Illuminae Files trilogy. It's YA sci-fi. And the first book is just called The Illuminae. It's by Amy Kaufman. And the way it's set up kind of reminds me of these kind of games. Um, so it's like, basically it takes place in like 2575. There's like mega corporations kind of fight each other for, you know, planets. And, um, the two main characters, um, Katie and Ezra, they are like, they have to evacuate because there's like a hostile warship from one of the mega corporations. Of course, they've just broken up. So they're barely talking to each other because you have to have some like awkward stuff going on. Um, but um, they're like trying to figure out who is the true enemy. There's like a plague that's broken out that hits a little close to home right now. But just telling you it's part of the plot, just if you don't want to read about that right now. Um, but uh, it's told through like um, hacked documents, like emails, maps, uh, medical reports, interviews, because Katie 
is like good at hacking. She hacks into all this data since they're not getting the right information from like the mega corporations or whoever is like in charge. Um, so it's action heavy, but it's like, it reminds me of in those types of video games where you like are, you know, like going exploring and then you like find a, you know, old chest or whatever. And then it has like somebody's letter in it or a map. And mm -hmm. so it kind of has that sort of, um, flow to it which I think is really cool and it kind of is visually appealing as well because it looks like it's like typed you know things that she's hacked into so uh it's a trilogy it's also good for middle schoolers it's definitely more on the easy to read YA and the um it's a at a really fast adventure pace so yeah it was kind of fun but my, please ignore my explanation of video games <laughs> I actually kind of want to just like have a new podcast where it's like Maria explains me. Agreed. <laughs> so Agreed. bad. It's so bad. Oh my god. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Emma, you want to do your next one? Yeah. So um, this next recommendation is Attachments by Rainbow Rowell, and this is her first book, I believe, and it basically follows. Um, two ladies who are coworkers and friends, Beth and Jennifer, and their uh, company emails that they're using for just chat personal messages. I feel like the modern day version of this would be, you know, like Slack. Um, and there's this guy that works at the company named Lincoln, and his job is to kind of read through everybody's emails and make sure that people aren't, you know, breaking the email rules, you know, swearing or sending inappropriate things or whatever. And um, so as he's kind of monitoring their emails, he obviously kind of gets intrigued with the exchanges between these two friends. And um, he kind of feels like he knows these people he hasn't met, especially the character Beth. And as he kind of realizes how much he likes her and is intrigued by her personal messages, um, and he hasn't really intervened and chastised them for using the email for so much personal stuff. Um, he doesn't really know how to go about it because how do you introduce yourself to someone you've never met by being like, I've read all your emails and I think I like you um, kind of a situation. So this is a really kind of sweet, slow burn romance that I didn't really feel like was super romancy, if that makes sense. Um, and it was just really charming and cute. It's definitely um, a story that builds and you again, kind of get all of the information through a lot of these email exchanges um, between Beth and Jennifer and then kind of Lincoln's commentary and other things. So I really recommend this book. Again, it, it kind of, in my opinion, just makes you feel good to read it. Yeah, that was, that was the one that, Jill like spent a little bit describing last week and then Andrew was like I think you flipped that I did I did you did a far better job explaining it than I did so <laughs> well I'm hopefully slightly getting a little bit more articulate as we go on so got your coffee there so yeah, yeah. my coffee getting um, used to talking again Joe, what's your last one uh, so I actually did add a fourth one if we have time, but if not, that's okay. So um, my third, I'm just time. saying, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is already going long. We don't have to have my fourth book. Who cares? Um, I, 
my last one is House of Leaves by uh, Mark C. Danieluski. Um, this book, y'all, I, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe this book. So there is um, a couple sto- I grabbed my copy. Uh, for those who, you didn't see me disappear. I saw you disappear. Those I was going to do are The people, yes, you all did. Um, so there are a couple stories happening in this. First, there is um, a guy who is describing um, a film about a house that is bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. Um, And so you're reading about this house and the description of the film about the house. It's nonfiction. It's like a filmmaker and his family moved into this house and they discovered that the measurements inside don't match outside. Um, There's a hallway that it takes five and a half minutes to get to the end of. But yet, if you go to the outside of the house, you don't really, there is no hallway. Uh, Then there is a guy named Johnny who comes across this uh, text of the documentary and he is reading it. And then he has footnotes about like what is happening in his life at the same time. And these footnotes can go on for pages and pages. Um, So that's all happening. And then... So, you know, we're so far like, okay, that's not, that's not too weird. There's some, you know, multiple stories going on. There's lots of footnotes. There's like references to fake interviews and like annotations and all that stuff. And then they actually go into the hallway and the hallway has gotten bigger. And that's where the book gets really weird because (laughs) there's like text that's backwards or it's one word on one page and it's upside down in like the upper right corner. And so you're, when you're reading it, you're like shifting and like having to, it is the weirdest book. It's one of my favorites. I read it multiple times. Um, the word house is in blue. Not really sure why it's just sort of like through the whole book, through the whole book. If you actually, in the beginning, yeah, in the beginning, um, there's, I don't actually see, here's where it, here's where fact and fiction gets confusing and I'm actually not 100% sure about this. Um, the copy I have in the front, um, with the copyright information, there's a, a note on this edition and it says that I have the two color edition, which means that house is in blue. Then there's reference to a black and white version and a full color version. And I don't actually know if these are real or not. (laughs) Right. Oh, like full I mean, color, like, like what? Yeah, I, yeah. So there's like stuff that is in red. There's stuff that's struck out. There's color plates. Apparently, there's braille in the full color one. Huh. But again, I don't know if these are real or not. Right. Um, and then to take it to like a whole other thing, uh, the author is uh, his sister is the um, the singer Poe, and she came out yeah. with an album. Um inspired by her brother's book oh cool I didn't realize that (laughs) yeah yeah um and so it's yeah it's just like it's a whole thing it's a whole thing and I've I mean I've talked about it before on the podcast I don't think I've actually gone like super in-depth about what it's about I don't know if there's an ebook version I would not read an ebook version this is a book that needs to be read in print (laughs) just just as an FYI so Mm -hmm. There is. I haven't read it. There is an ebook version, but I think I remember us like whatever last time we talked about it. Because this is another book I feel like comes up like every fifty episodes. I remember. 
someone specifically was like, don't read the ebook. Don't read yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's drawings in here of sketches from when they've been in the hallway. There's supposedly Polaroids of the house. I mean, if you're looking for a non-traditionally formatted, it's got everything in this one. Yeah. So it's like the definition of man. That. Yeah, seriously. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just a life update for everyone listening. Uh, I now in my room have two dogs with me. Uh, they were scratching at the door. Maria or Emma started laughing because <laughs> always on. I've once again failed. They're going to make the podcast. Um, they were scratching the door. I can hear my wife like scream singing cabaret downstairs. So there's a lot going on. <laughs> you know this goes. Um, I also picked four, by the way, Jill, so we can both do our fourth one. Okay. Time doesn't matter anymore. Um, so my next one is The Invention of Hugo, uh, Hugo Cabaret by Brian Selznick. Uh, this is, so it's a children's book, but it, and it's like 500 pages, but over half of them are pictures. But it's not a picture book, and it's not a graphic novel. There's also like flip book parts to it. Um, and the reason being is it's based off of a lot of different stuff. One is um, the famous French director, uh, George Millier. I'm saying his name wrong, but um, he was one of, the, one of the first famous film creators. And it's based on his life, which is where the flip book stuff comes. But it's also a story about this kid whose father and he made automatons uh, and like, like basically like the robotic toys more or less type of a thing and it's just it's a really unique and beautiful story um it won the caldecott which is a picture book award and it's the mm -hmm. only novel to ever win the caldecott and um the cool thing about brian selznick is he did all the artwork himself he's a phenomenal artist in fact if you have um a couple years ago there was a version of the harry potter books that came out that was like w black and white sketches on each yeah. of yeah, so it's like black and white sketches on each of the covers. And if you put all seven covers together, it makes one long image. Um, I actually have a signed copy of that image from Brian Selznick because I was in New York City at BookCon when they did a special, I think it was the 20th anniversary maybe. And so like Brian Selznick is just this phenomenal um yeah, that was my like hair flip moment. Emma's like dancing. I'm doing like a sassy like the <laughs> yeah, hair flip emoji. Hair flip like, oh, I have that a sign. Oh yeah, that would be really freaking cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're looking for this, is another one on a much less intense version of House of Leaves. Where, like, I would probably recommend reading the physical version because of the flip book stuff and all the images are really cool to see like on the full page, but. Um, it's just a phenomenal story, and like I said, it, it, make, it mixes lots of different formats, and it also mixes like lots of different times of, um, there's just, it's really, really cool. If you're a, a film geek, you also, you'll, you'll like this. If you're a fan of like French, like France and stuff like that, it's another, it's just a really cool story. So, and mentioning Hugo, Hugo Cabaret is amazing, and, um, Joe, you can do your fourth one, because I got a, I got a fourth one too. Um, okay, so my fourth one, um, is... As a disclaimer, this is specifically for those people who are like me and like to lean into things during crisis. So uh, <laughs> this has been an ongoing theme. This has been an ongoing theme. So this is called The Last One by Alexandra um, Oliva. And it is about a um, reality show, kind of like Survivor, where a group of people are like dumped in the middle of the wilderness and they have to get out. What they don't know is that while they're 
in the wilderness with no contact to the outside world. Um, there is a plague, basically like a pandemic happening outside their little world. And they have no idea this is happening. And the further uh, they get into the game, they start to like come across people who are like, they're like, is this part of this? Is this like part of the game show or is this real life? No idea. But what I like about it is that um, we follow a woman named Zoo. That's the nickname she's been given on the show. Um, And the chapters are interspersed with what are basically Reddit, um, subreddit conversations. (laughs) It doesn't actually say Reddit, but if you are familiar with Reddit and you look at the format and you're like, oh, this is Reddit. So it's viewers watching the show in real time. conversing about the tv show conversing about the characters on this reality show all the while this pandemic is happening it it's just so bizarre (laughs) but again if you're not really in the mood to read a book about what is happening in the world maybe don't read this one but for people who are like me i i highly recommend it i remember it was one of the first books i read when i um started at uh overdrive and it was recommended to me by our coworker rachel um and i i really love it and in fact on twitter the author has like commented (laughs) about how it's a little weird that all of this is happening uh but that's the last one by alexandra oliva didn't that kind of happen with like the big brother cast or something where they um like there was a quarantined not quarantined but like sheltered big brother cast a couple weeks ago that like didn't know about any of this oh i don't know maybe oh i'm not sure oh wow yeah, I think it was like a, a UK version of Big Brother. Oh, maybe. And it had been like know. two weeks. Yeah. And it was just the beginning of all this and they had no idea what was yeah. going on. So it's wild. Um, I will spend a lot of time on my last one, but it's The Princess Bride. So The Princess Bride is a story told by a grandfather to his sixth son. And so like you are interspersed in between... Um, them talking and the actual story that's going on and the story that he tells his son is called the princess bride um by a person who doesn't actually exist in the book in the story doesn't actually exist and then you realize like the grandfather and the kid may not actually exist like there's all these layers to the book that they don't address in the movie because it'd be very very confusing but um i thought about it because last week we talked about Kiriel's uh biography autobiography rather and i was thinking about this and if you've never read uh, Princess Bride, it's just as good, if not better, than the movie. And the movie is basically a perfect movie. Um, I love William Goldman so much. I love all of his books, but this this is my favorite. Um, so yeah, if you've never read The Princess Bride, it's so fun. It has all the characters that you know and love. Um, but there is where the movie ends is basically like only two thirds of the way through the book. Like there's a lot more that happens after. Some of it's a little dark. You'll realize why they maybe cut it out, but. Um, yeah, Princess Bride is just a fantastic book. So, and the way that it's told, like a story within a story, kind of reminds me of like Never Ending Story as well, where it's like there's a kid reading a book within the book about a place and lots of lots of layers. So, okay, those are a bunch of not untraditional titles. Um, Jill, there are other things we should be talking about that that we forgot that you can think of. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um, Joe made a really cool this or that that I put on our Instagram highlights thingy. Um, we're just getting it on the fun of everyone 
entertaining people with their Instagram stories and stuff. So check out our social media. I, I've realized, and I've told her this multiple times, how much better Jill is at graphics than I am. I'm very bad. And then she'll be like, what do you think about this one? And it's like eight times better than the thing. <laughs> like, I spent a really long time trying to make a fun one with like bullet points that had our glasses as the bullet point. And it looks so stupid that I didn't even show her. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so check out our Instagram for those. Um, Maria, Emma, thank you guys for hopping on with us today. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having us. us. Yeah, it's fun. All right, guys. Well, if you need more book recommendations, shoot us an email, professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. Um, and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Rakuten Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.